Bugjargal by Victor Hugo, Chapter 50 When the first bitter pang of grief had passed, a kind of fury took possession of me. I entered the valley with a rapid step. I felt the necessity of shortening the suspense. I presented myself at the Negro outpost. They appeared surprised and refused to permit me to pass. Strange, I was nearly obliged to entreat them. At last, two of them seized me and led me before Biasu. I entered the grotto of this chief. He was engaged in examining the springs of various instruments of torture with which he was surrounded. At the noise my guard made in introducing me, he turned his head. My presence did not seem to surprise him. "'Do you see these?' asked he, displaying the horrible engines which lay before him. I remained calm. I knew the cruel nature of this hero of humanity, and I was determined to endure to the end without flinching. "'Leogri was lucky in being only hung, was he not?' asked he, with his sardonic sneer. I gazed upon him with cold disdain and did not reply." "'Notify his reverence, the chaplain,' said he to an aide-de-camp. We both remained silent a moment, looking at each other. I observed him. He watched me. Just then, Rigaud entered. He seemed agitated and whispered a few words to the general. "'Summon the chiefs of my army,' said Biasu calmly. A quarter of an hour afterwards, the different chiefs in their strange equipments were assembled in the grotto." Biasu arose. "'Listen, amigos. The whites plan to attack us here at daybreak. Our position is a bad one. We must quit it. We will march at sunset and gain the Spanish frontier. Makaya, you and your negroes will form the advance guard. Padrehan, spike the guns which were taken at Prelado. They cannot be taken into the mountains. The brave men of the Quade Bouquet will follow Makaya.' Toussaint will come next with the blacks from Léojan and True. If the griot or the griot make any disturbance, I will hand them over to the executioner of the army. Lieutenant Colonel Cloud will distribute the English muskets that were disembarked at Cape Cabron, and will lead the formerly free half-breeds through the byway of La Vista. Slaughter any prisoner that may remain. Destroy the ammunition and poison the arrows." Throw three tons of arsenic into the wells from where they get the water for the camp. The colonists will take it for sugar and drink without distrust. The troops from Lambay, Dondon, and Acule will march after Cloud and Toussaint. Block up the roads to the savannah with rocks, fill the roads with sharpshooters, and set fire to the forest. Rigaud, you will remain with us. Condi, summon my guard about me. The Negroes of Morne Rouge will form the rear guard and will not evacuate the savannah until sunrise. He leaned over to Rigaud and whispered, They are Bugjargal's Negroes. If they are killed, dead the band, the chief will die. Go, hermanos, he added, rising. Condi will bring you the instructions. The chiefs retired. General, remarked Rigaud, we ought to send that dispatch of Jean-Francois, our affairs are going badly. It would stop the advance of the whites. Biasu drew it hastily from his pocket. I agree with you, but there are so many faults of grammar, as they say, that they would laugh. 
He presented the papers to me. Listen, will you save your life? My kindness gives you still another chance. Help me to correct this letter. I will dictate to you my idea. You write it in the style of the whites. I shook my head. He seemed impatient. Do you mean no? asked he. No, I replied. He persisted. Reflect well. And his look seemed to attract mine to the instrument of torture with which he played. It is because I have reflected that I refuse, replied I. You are alarmed for the safety of yourself and your men. You count upon this letter to the assembly to delay the march and the vengeance of the whites. I do not desire to retain a life which may perhaps have saved yours. Let my execution commence. Ha! Ha, muchacho! exclaimed Biasu, touching the instruments of torture with his foot. It seems to me that you are growing familiar with these. I am sorry, but I have not the time to try them on you. Our position is dangerous. We must get out of it quickly. Ah, so you refuse to act as my secretary? Well, you are right, for I would not have allowed you to live. I have promised you to his reverence the chaplain. I would not permit anyone to live who holds Biasu's secrets. He turned to the obi, who just then entered. Good father, is your guard ready? The latter made a sign in the affirmative. Have you taken it from amongst the Negroes of Morn Rouge? They are the only ones who are not occupied in preparations for departure. The obi answered by a second sign. Then Biasu pointed out to me the black flag, which I had before remarked in a corner of the grotto. That will show your friends when the time comes to give your epaulette to the lieutenant. You see, I ought to be moving already. By the way, you have come from your walk. How do you like the neighborhood? I noticed that there were enough trees upon which to hang you and all your band, I replied coldly. Ah, retorted he, with his hideous laugh. There is one place that you have not seen, but with which the bon pair will make you acquainted. Adieu, young captain. Good night to Leogri. He saluted me with a chuckle that reminded me of the hiss of the rattlesnake, made a gesture, and turned his back to me, and the negroes dragged me away. The veiled obi followed us, his rosary in hand.